So as I mentioned, Leo is a sign of, of public image. Leo is a sign of confidence. Leo is a sign of connection, of being seen. So one of the things I'm recommending that people do as a ritual for this new moon is to write down something that you've been scared to do as it relates to feeling embarrassed or being, having a fear about being seen. Welcome to Let's Thrive, a lifestyle podcast meant to expand your consciousness with new age wisdom, advice, empowerment, and inspiration. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and tune in every Wednesday for an insightful conversation with guests whom are just like you and me, trying to figure out this crazy world we live in. Enough said, let's thrive. Hello, and welcome back to the Let's Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and this is episode freaking 25. If you've been following me, you know it's been a long road, and I still can't believe it's been 25 episodes. Last I knew, it was like 5, 10. <laughs> Honestly, I, it's funny because I've almost forgotten some guests, and then I go back, and it's just because I've done so many, I suppose, but not really, because I know people with like hundreds, so... Either way, if you're new, welcome. Uh, Usually, you know, I try not to ramble too much in these intros, but you never know. And if you're an OG or someone coming back for more, thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you both, but I always appreciate someone sticking with. So moving on, I did want to come on here and apologize because last week in the intro, I felt listening to it afterwards that I definitely was having a bad brain day, as I like to call it. Um, You know, I've always joked about it being hormones and gut can go both cause this, you know, brain fog phenomena where you just have trouble concentrating, you know, it kind of feels like your head's in the clouds, like a fog's in it. And I probably do have that from my mini gut issues and my hormone issues. But also something I've come to realize is that hepatitis C as with many, you know, infections, diseases, whatever you want to call them, uh, can actually interfere with, you know, brain function too. And I'm, you know, not that I'm losing brain cells or anything, you never know, but no, (laughs) it just, I'm not going to go into the science behind it because some of it goes right over my little old head, but it is just another layer of the cake of my life, I suppose, if you want to say it that way. So I, you know, some days have the, like, what I call the brain capacity of probably a eight-year-old. <laughs> uh, those days, I usually tend to be in the kitchen doing physical work, anything to kind of give my mind a rest because I, you know, have trouble focusing, trouble remembering, trouble just staying on track, I suppose. And when I'm forced to record or interview on those days, I often feel like I did an injustice to the recording, to the guest, to myself, to you guys, because listening to it afterwards, I can hear how incoherent my thought patterns are. I can hear the struggle I have to, you know, come up with spontaneous questions or to talk on the fly, which I usually do with these intros. And so I wanted to apologize because last week's intro was definitely a byproduct of that. And today's interview, albeit amazing, I did have quite a few moments where this popped up. Uh, It was a late night interview after a very long day and a bad brain day, and it's an amazing interview because thankfully today's guest, Julia Kelly, whom I will get to in a second, is such a freaking light of knowledge, of compassion, of 
love, I guess, <laughs> of astrology. She, she does it all, and she is so educated and so passionate about what she does that she was able to practically lead this conversation. I think, you know, she kind of knew I was struggling to come up with, you know, questions on the fly, to carry on a coherent conversation, and she really stepped up and took charge, led the conversation, covered topics without me even having to ask. I owe her so much for that because it, it truly saved the interview in my eyes. You know, I don't know what you guys see or hear, but to me personally, I feel, you know, comfortable releasing this and comfortable absolutely freaking loving it because she saved it. And, you know, I, I have much gratitude for that. So, now that I've apologized, <laughs> I want to give you guys an explanation of who today's amazing guest, Julia Kelly, is. Now, I'm reading this from her website because I think it sums her up perfectly and it'll keep me from rambling on too long. <laughs> So, Julia is known for the bridges she builds between intuition and reality. Through astrology, yoga, and intuitive guidance, she carves words and maps that help people to realign, reconnect, and reimagine their lives. By blending spiritual curiosity, education, and humor, Julia invites others to step deeper into the world, realities, and communities around them. Now, a moment of silence after that amazing caption. So now what I kind of wrote as my two cents on Julia is that she freaking knows what she's talking about. We discuss how she got into the life she has now of astrology and yoga and living in Santa Monica, California after growing up in little old Ohio, which is fairly close to me in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> we talk how she got into meditation, astrology, yoga, mindfulness, already said a lot of that. Her story is very similar to what I think a lot of us can relate to of, you know, growing up, kind of have this rebellious stage, you have this humble stage, you have all these in-betweens, and her stories are just, you know, heart-wrenching, albeit humorous at times too. And we discuss the epiphany moment she has when she wakes up and realizes practically what life is. And she has this beautiful story to accompany it of, you know, when she exactly had this epiphany moment and the feelings she had, the thoughts she had, what she saw, you know, what she felt, heard. It's really a sensory immersed story, if that makes sense. Uh, when she's explaining it, I can feel how it would have felt had I been with her or been her in that moment. And that just goes to show she is such an amazing storyteller and really uses her words in such a beautiful and correct manner unlike me and my incoherent rambling. <laughs> so we go over how she woke up, finding a larger sense to the self, and then how to begin exploring these topics that, you know, might pop up in your life and interest you. So how, you know, how she started to study and research and self-taught her self-astrology, which is amazing in itself if you know anything about astrology, how, to, how she connects to the universal understanding through intuition. And we do talk about intuition a lot because that is something that has guided her so much in her life. Follow your intuition, kids. Find what excites you and fall in love with it, which is exactly what she has done. And she is kicking ass with it, guys. I'm telling you what. We go over the basics of astrology and, most importantly, why astrology has such a bad rap. Yep, I ask Julia why so many people write astrology off as woo-woo or nonsense, and 
she actually explains a bit of the history of it, and nothing too boring or intense, but she explains why it's become so mainstream and hocus-pocus-like, in reality, what it actually is. So she explains what astronomy is, and how that relates to astrology, making this a coherent... God, I've got to stop saying that word. Making astrology an actual thing, if that makes sense. <laughs> so it is so much more than sun and moon signs. You can delve so deep into it. She starts to delve a bit deep into her own, which I thought was really cool because as she's describing it in regards to herself, it helped me understand how that might relate to myself. And I hope you feel the same way. <laughs> she explains how, you know, just to wrap it up real brief here, it's looking at where planets were during your exact time of birth. And astrology, with the natal charts especially, looks at a whole map of the sky to see where those planets were in constellations during your birth time. And that's, you know, when you hear things like Sagittarius and Aries and Leo, all that fun stuff, which she explains. I also ask her to explain what Mer Actually, I didn't even ask her. Like I said, she led this conversation and just jumped right onto her gear and explained what Mercury in retrograde is, why we all suffer so mercilessly throughout it. And I do have the, you know, brain coherence to ask her what Leo season means, because I've seen it all over Instagram lately. I'm sure you have too. I even mentioned it in a post of mine. She explains what it is, and it's like a big hallelujah. So <laughs> if you want to hear some good astrology news, listen up to hear what Leo season means for you, how you can embrace it, and what to expect. I also do ask her about my misunderstanding between full and new moon, what the heck the difference is, what they both mean, and what you're supposed to do for each. And if none of this is making sense to you, great. You will learn a lot. And if you are already interested by some of this, great. You will learn a lot as well. Julia knows so much. We only touched the tip of the iceberg. I'm having her back on to do a real deep dive into everything astrology and some other topics that she's supremely educated on. So stick around for that. So if you want to find her and learn more about her work, she's on Instagram at Julia Kelly XO. I'll link that below. And her other alternative ego, your mom's horoscope. This one is amazing. I suggest you check it out right now. It's not some rinky dink astrology account. I mean, she has a solid number of followers and not that that means anything, but it kind of means something because there are a lot of astrology accounts out there and she is killing it on this one. And they just, it's one of those accounts you go and you just wind up squirreling because they're so funny and so relatable. They're astrology memes, guys. Just trust me, check them out. So if something in this episode relates to you, if it touched your heart in some way, or you just loved it, or you want to criticize me, because I'm open to criticism, guys. Trust me, I am. Find me on Instagram at thrive underscore on life. Find Julia, tag us in your stories, go on iTunes, leave a rate, review, subscribe. Helps the show. I appreciate you all. I'm done now. Let's jump right into this conversation with Julia. Okay, well, to start off, I always ask, what is one thing that has made you smile today? I love that question. Um, let's see. I just got out of a, a lift ride like earlier today and I was doing one of those shared drives and in the ride it just so happened that the driver, myself, and um, the other rider had all been to South Korea and we all spent the ride talking about South Korea and that just kind of made me smile that here I am in Santa Monica 
three completely different people, strangers, and we all had um, the same experience. Wow, that is, yeah, that is crazy. (laughs) What were you at South Korea for? So I studied in South Korea in college. I spent my last semester of college in South Korea, which opened up this whole journey of traveling that I went on, backpacking through 13 different states in a year, um, 13 different countries in a year, excuse me. Um, yeah, so that was, that was quite the experience. And it started in South Korea. I actually had decided to go to South Korea after choosing if I wanted to go to Switzerland or South Korea to study abroad for my last semester. And Switzerland seemed kind of like a comfortable choice. And I decided to go to South Korea because it was somewhere that I knew I would be scared to go and I knew it would be outside of my comfort zone. So I, <laughs> I decided that was the right, the right move. <laughs> Dang, I love that already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I guess to start off, would you mind introducing yourself and, you know, just giving an idea of what it is you do and the two amazing Instagrams you run and just give, let everyone know who you are. <laughs> yes, of course. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. I, um, this is actually the first podcast that I have been on. I'm usually the one on the other side interviewing, so this is quite fun to be in this seat here. Um, My name is Julia Kelly. I run quite a few Instagram accounts, as you mentioned, and they wholesomely summarize um, the many interests that I have, mainly in astrology, in yoga, in wellness, and all of that stems from my journey through mental health and my journey into spirituality. What I do now is I make entertaining memes for people who are interested in learning more about astrology but may not want the hard stuff and would rather get it through a meme. Um, and I also make um, long-form content about spirituality and about astrology. And um, my podcast, The Woke Wave, is uh, a part of that journey of spreading information about those things. I like to dive into what other people are interested about, but may not have the right question or the right approach to find an answer to. And I try to give as much information as possible in the most approachable way to these kind of taboo or woo-woo topics like astrology, um, like yoga, even for people who are unfamiliar with it. So Well, I love that. You're an all-around superwoman. You do it all. (laughs) I I try. Sometimes it does me more than I do it, but uh, (laughs) yeah, it's it's been quite the journey. I actually just recently moved to LA, and that has now become a large part of kind of where I'm going. Um, I'm originally from Ohio, and when I was in Ohio and kind of growing up there, I had a lot of different um, interests and different curiosities, but talking about things like astrology wasn't even in my uh, perspective. It wasn't even on my radar because I didn't really know about those things. And so it's been quite a journey just into discovering these things myself. And I think that's why I like to share it now is because I know that there are so many people looking for answers to their life and the books that they're reading aren't giving them the answers. And so I like to find those answers elsewhere and then bring them back to people because that's been my whole journey so far. Yeah. And what better feeling than helping people, even if it's like, you know, one podcast episode or one article or one meme that helps somebody in some way. I mean, it's the butterfly effect and it's such an amazing feeling. So I I relate to you on that one. Totally. Totally. (laughs) 
So I'm curious, did your childhood in little old Ohio <laughs> that I'm, <laughs> I'm very familiar with, did you know, that kind of prepare you for this life? Or what were you like as a kid? Were you, you know, wild and rebellious? Or were you, you know, like a, a student or an athlete? Like, who was Julie as a kid? <laughs> I love this question. Yeah. Um, first, I would say all of the above. <laughs> I, I grew up in a small, small town in Ohio, in the in Claremont County. We had one stoplight in our town. Um, I was one of the only people to kind of explore outside of the town. So um, growing up, I, I was a very social person. And a lot of that stemmed from my curiosity. I really wanted to learn about all of the people around me. And sometimes that got me into trouble as a child because I would ask questions that were inappropriate or I would ask questions that um, made people uncomfortable. Um, I, I was an athlete. I, um, I played volleyball, basketball, track, soccer and anything that was available to me, honestly. And a lot of that stemmed from my curiosity. Um, growing up, I, I was kind of an only child because I had an older brother and an older sister who had both already moved out. So I was born much later in my parents' life. My mom had me when she was 40. So by the time my parents had me, they had already done the whole parenting thing. And I think that made them a little bit more laid back as to how they wanted to parent me. Um, the only rule that we really had as I was growing up was no pop <laughs> and my parents were vegetarians. So we grew up, um, I grew up out on 25 acres of land in Ohio. And so being on in this uh, place that my parents, my dad had built the house where we grew up in and we had woods and a pond and a pool and it, I was the only kid with my parents. And so I had a lot of time to really just be present and just be with nature and also just learn and explore things that might not have come to me if I had been raised like in the suburbs or in the city where I had a lot of other people to interact with. So a lot of my time as a child was spent doing things like reading and going in the woods and making up stories and, you know, taking anything that was around me and making something from it. So it was, I was a very creative child and going into school, like going into, you know, middle school years to high school years, um, that's where the social part of me really came out. And uh, I, I was actually voted class clown in high school. So <laughs> I was I was kind of a, a goof. Like I was the one who was telling jokes and like dancing and singing in public and getting other people to do that too. Um, so that was really most of my childhood was just kind of doing things that people would either laugh at or, you know, make a weird face at or <laughs> turn around <laughs> at. So in that way, you could say I was kind of rebellious because I, I didn't tend to do things that other people expected. Although I also had a period in high school, which I think a lot of people go through, where I did want to fit in. And I did try to fit myself into this mold that other people, you know, created. I, I remember at one point in high school, I had like extensions and I, I stuffed my bra and I had like spray tans and, you know, nothing wrong with any of those things. But that's very, very far from like who I am now and how I live my life now. But at the time in high school, it was part of that, like being curious about how if I change the way that I look, how other people would react to me. And I think that is really what, you know, in high school, I went through a lot of rough times in my life, like everybody does. 
Um, but I, I experienced some really heavy things in high school. And I think part of that was because I had a lot of freedom to roam. My parents gave me a lot of freedom. And so I learned some of these like heavy hitting lessons that a lot of people may not learn until college or after college. I learned a lot of these things in high school because I had the experiences of of going out and partying and, you know, drinking too much, like way too much or getting in trouble with the police or, you know, being in an, an abusive relationship. I kind of hit them all off <laughs> in high school. And so that rocketed my um, life in college to be very, very different than the social life that I had experienced in high school. And in college, I was actually straight edge and I spent almost all of my time. So as in, I didn't, you know, drink, I didn't, I didn't do any, anything to alter my consciousness. And, um, when I was in college, I spent most of my time exploring business and exploring like the side of being social, but in more of a networking aspect, collaborating with people. I hosted a television show. Um, I did, I did things very opposite from what I had done in high school. And I think if you look back at my entire life, though, it's always been out of curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Wow. <laughs> and I think it kind of shows because you were saying, you know, that there was that part of you that you just didn't want to do what, you know, at that the rebellious stage, you know, like, and if you look at what you're doing now, I mean, yeah, it's becoming more mainstream and everything. But like you said, like, there's still a lot of taboo, woo woo, like all that, you know, dead air around these subjects that we need to, you know, break into. And that's exactly what you're doing. So that kind of comes full circle. And I'm curious though, what was your waking up moment? Like what made you decide to actually like lunge, like plunge into all of this and, you know, take it full throttle, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I have had so many moments of waking up every day I wake up. Um, and every time I have a moment of awakening, it just makes me realize how asleep I really am. Um, the first moment that totally changed my life and the trajectory of my life and my personality was in high school. As I mentioned, I was going through some rough times in my life in high school and I was kind of at the end of this abusive relationship that I was in, which was the first relationship I was in. And I was also at a time in my life where I was spending all of my time partying. And and I was surrounded by people who weren't bad people themselves, but we weren't doing good things together. And I felt extremely lost. I had been in trouble with the law for um, marijuana possession being caught in a McDonald's parking lot with my ex who, who was in that abuse, who I was in that abusive relationship with. So that was one of the lowest times in my life. I was 17 years old at the time. I was going to a, um, a uh, seminar about marijuana possession or about drug use that was required when I got in trouble with the law. And I went with my mom because I was under 18 and my mom and I have always been close growing up, like she's always been my, my supporter. And at this time, I, I vividly remember this experience because it, you know, to this day, it gives me chills. Um, we were driving back from this seminar back to our house. And usually when, you know, when I would act up or when something would go wrong, my mom would fight with me and I would fight back with her. And so we'd go back and forth. And at this moment, 
when we were driving back, she was so upset that she just sat in silence and cried. And I had never in my life experienced anything like that with her. And to see someone who, you know, who's your mother, to see someone who you're so close with act or react in a way that you've never seen before, it made me realize that, you know, something was really wrong. And we got back home and I ran like as fast as I could into um, the woods behind my parents' house. And I just like ran and ran and ran until I found this like open piece of land way back in the woods. And I laid down on the ground. I just remember like the feeling of falling on the ground as like a total release. And I just remember saying out loud, at this time I wasn't religious and I still don't consider myself religious in any way. I'm very, you know, <laughs> quote unquote spiritual. But um, I, at this time I wasn't connected to anything like the world that, I'm, that I exist in now. And it was a total release of vulnerability. And I, I just said, if there's anything, show it to me now. If there's any reason why I should keep going, show it to me now. And I felt <laughs> this, you know, I can still feel it now as I'm talking about it. Like I felt this immense light just move through me, like move through my body. And I remember actually looking down and, you know, maybe this was part of the, my memory of this moment, but I remember looking down and just seeing my body, you know, filled with light. And I had this knowing in that moment that I'd never known before, or if I had, it wasn't, you know, since I was a young child, I had this knowing that everything was okay. And there was so much love around me and that there was so much love in my future. And that day I went back into my room, my parents' house, and I cleaned out anything in the room that was negatively affecting my life. So any, you know, I had marijuana in there. I had old alcohol bottles in there. I had just all these things that, you know, a, a teenager shouldn't have in, in their room, but most do. And, and I cleaned out everything that would just negatively affect my future. And um, the next day I went to church for the first time in years. And that was the beginning of my spiritual awakening. When I realized that there was something bigger, not only in my life, you know, there was something bigger that was calling me um, that I had to go after if I wanted to go on this path in my life. Um, but I also realized that there was just something bigger in the universe, in the world at large, that was always going to be there no matter what path I went on. And I realized that I wanted to be a part of, of that light that was there. Um, and yeah, and every awakening, you know, I fall down all the time <laughs> and every, not as, not as bad as I think I, I had experienced when I was in high school, but every awakening I've had, I come back to that light. I come back to that same feeling that I had found in the woods behind my parents' house. I just love having people like you share those moments because I feel, you know, if someone's listening to this, maybe they haven't had a, you know, an awakening moment like that or an epiphany or anything like that. I just, I know I personally, it was hearing other people talk about it that made me realize, oh, wow, like that could happen for me. And then like my epiphany moment did happen. And like you said, I've had multiple ones. And every time I'm like, how, how was I like that before? Like how, you know, like a month ago was I like that? And it's, it's crazy how, you know, how much, how many times you can awaken to something. And it just, it blows my mind every single time. 
was going to say, that's, that's probably the, the lesson that comes from every one of those moments is that it's like, we're always evolving. I'm always evolving. And I think when I've gotten stuck in times, and if anyone who's listening feels like they're stuck, if I've learned anything from that feeling of stuckness, it's that once you release that, whatever it is that you're sticking to, once you release that, then the evolution comes. Like the awakening is natural. What's not natural is, is kind of resisting, you know, what's next, resisting that waking up. So once you have that initial, you know, awakening, how long did it take you to find astrology, yoga, meditation, uh, you know, even embracing something like traveling to places that scare you. How long did it take you and what came first for you? Yeah, another great question. Um, so it started with me going to church, as I mentioned, and I grew up around religion. I grew up with three different religions, um, with Buddhism, with Catholicism with Christianity and actually with Presbyterianism too. So I really grew up around understanding what religion was. Um, and, and so I always had this sense of God. I didn't exactly know what, you know, God looked like or what God did, but I had this understanding that there was a God. Um, that's where it started. And the more that I went to church, the more that I realized that what I was really looking for was that feeling that I had got of feeling connected to everything, feeling like I belonged in something bigger than I was. And I eventually I started to explore things like meditation. Um, I started to explore things like um, astral projection, which is, you know, very far into the realm of, of woo woo, um, which essentially is this idea of the soul leaving the body. And what, what really, triggered my curiosity was connecting my body to my heart and to my mind and taking inventory of how my body felt. And so I started to realize that when I would get upset, my body would feel a certain way and it would, it would feel that way in a certain part of my body. Or when I would get sad, it would feel a certain way and it would feel different than it did when I was upset. And so I started to just realize that my body had a lot of information for me and a lot of information about these, these feelings that I was going after, like feeling that connection again, feeling this, this higher sense of self. Um, and so in college, I would say it was the first time when I, I started to really explore, because um, I, I had studied, so, so from my awakening in high school until I was going to college, I, I studied a lot of these things online, reading about things like the chakras, reading about the third eye, reading about anything you could find on the internet about woo-woo things. I remember I used to um, take pictures and I would see these like orbs of light in the pictures, which was just bokeh, um, reflected light. But I remember I would see these, you know, orbs of light and I was like, oh, it's angels. Like angels, angels are trying to get in touch with me. So I'd look it up online and I would get into this like hole of, of information about orb angels. And, and so I did that a lot with many different subjects, really observing what was around me and then Googling it or finding a book on it. Um, and, but it wasn't until college that I started to really bring these studies that were, I, I call them like my bedroom studies because I didn't really talk about these things with other people. I was just really researching them. And as I was researching them, um, I started to realize that maybe I could find communities that were into these same things. Maybe I could talk about them and not just study them in my bedroom. So 
in college, um, I went to my first yoga class. It was like my freshman year of college. And the first yoga class had me sold. And I, you know, got, got a yoga mat, put it in my dorm room, in my little dorm room. I remember my roommate used to be like, oh, Julia's doing yoga. I better go do something else because I'd just be on there for hours. Um, and I was on there for hours. In college, I would just carry my yoga mat with me and, and just go to a field or, or go to, um, you know, go to a park and just sit on my yoga mat and do these positions that I was learning about. And, and that really began my study my deeper study into the connection between the mind, body, and spirit. And yoga is something that has stayed with me for a long time. And I just recently got certified as a yoga teacher. Um, I was a student long before I was a teacher. But through my study of yoga, I, I would have these experiences where I would be reconnected with that light. I would be reconnected with that source that I had looked for. And I would also start to have these, you know, as you called epiphanies about myself in positions I would hold. So I'd, you know, I'd, I'd go through a vinyasa and I'd get to shavasana, which is the final resting pose. And I would have this realization about, about people in my life, or I've ha I'd have these realizations about what was going on around me. And I just started to realize that there was this untapped um, universe of understanding if we just tapped into our intuition. And so this understanding about intuition is what really led me into starting to explore things like astrology, starting to explore these different modalities of spirituality like Ayurveda and numerology. Um, but funny enough, I actually was very much against astrology until I fell into it. So I actually had this experience when I was, um, when I had just graduated college and when I was on a vacation before, or I'm sorry, when I had just graduated high school. So I had just graduated high school and I was on a vacation with my friend in North Carolina. And it was a few months before I was going to college. So this was a time when I was really starting to transform as a person. And I had this understanding that, you know, I was going to go straight edge and I was going to really focus on myself in college. And I had, was still fresh out of the spiritual um, realization and I was walking on the beach at night. My friend um, was off somewhere else. And I just happened to be alone on the beach at night. And the stars were above me. And they were just absolutely beautiful. The first time I had really seen the stars. And I remember just feeling, even though it was dark and um, no one was around me, I remember just feeling so safe under the stars. I felt so connected. And I kept walking. And I run into this woman who was sitting on this rock a little bit further off of the beach and she had called me over and we just started talking. And then all of a sudden she asked me, are you a Capricorn? I said, yes, I am. And I had never thought about astrology before. I barely even knew what a Capricorn was. I only knew it because I you know, had heard it growing up. And she said, I think you, you'd really love astrology. You should download this app. And uh, at the time, I actually don't even remember what the app was, but I just remembered how strange of an encounter it was that someone had told me I would be into astrology the same night that I had really felt connected to the stars. And I had that moment and it kind of sat with me, but I didn't actually dive into astrology until I was preparing to go travel and I was going through this really dark time as I was preparing to go travel where I was just feeling very uprooted and I had these these questions about myself and I felt like I really didn't know 
how to find answers to those questions. And I really wanted to learn more about myself. And I, I remember I would go through these phases too for weeks where I was like, what is going on? I was like, something is going on in this energy field. Cause at this point I was very tapped in. It's like something's going on in the energy field. And I, I swear it's not me. That's, you know, <laughs> that's making me feel so crazy right now. And I remember looking up something on Google, like, you know, what's going on in the sky or like energy field. And, uh, and it was Mercury ret retrograde. <laughs> I was like, huh. And so I just, just like I had, you know, got used to diving into subjects. I just dove into the subject. And um, after that, I bought like five astrology books and right before I left for my trip. And as I was traveling, I was simultaneously just studying everything I could about astrology. And I was also doing a lot of research about it because I was genuinely curious. There was a, this skeptic in me that was like, I don't know if this stuff's real because I had really been programmed to think you know, what, what is it? Is it religion? You know, how can you believe that the planets affect us, that the stars affect us? And so I had that, that mentality very much so, even though I had been so deeply into the spiritual world at this point already. Um, but when I was traveling, I started to read about the different signs. And then I would look for those characteristics in people. And I would start to guess people's signs. And I, I got to a point where I was guessing everyone's sign pretty much right away. And I was learning about what was going on in the sky at the time. And I was, I was starting to make these predictions as to, okay, we have a new moon coming up. And this means that we're going to have this renewal of energy. And then I would, you know, watch and wait until that date and just see how people around me started to act. And it was almost to a T what, what I was reading about, what I had you know, read in the predictions. And now it's been about four years that I've been deeply into astrology and my curiosity about it and, and my education on it just continues to, to go deeper and deeper because there's so much more to learn. And I have these moments where I, I'm like, Oh, you know, sometimes I think it can get a little bit, because I have that rebe rebellious side, sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe it's too mainstream, maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe I need to find something else, but then I'll, I'll have a moment where something that I had just predicted happens because of, of reading a natal chart, because of reading a transit chart. And I'm like, astrology is just one of those things at this point that I can't deny because I've seen it come up in my life so many times with accuracy. So. <laughs> wow. What a journey, honestly, to find it and then to pursue it and to be doing it as long as you have. And that's what I like to find. I like to find somebody who knows their shit, <laughs> knows what they're talking about. And it is so like evident, like something just flows through you. Like you, you were meant for this. And so if you don't mind, I'd love to talk about astrology for a bit here because it fascinates me. Unfortunately, I cannot retain any information about it. <laughs> so maybe let's just start out with, for, for real like beginner beginners, mm -hmm. I guess if you had to sum it up, what is astrology? And then maybe could you give an explanation of, you mentioned like the natal chart and the transit chart and let's just start there. Yeah, love it. So Astrology gets a bad rep because it's highly misunderstood. And I could go deep into the history of astrology and specifically Western astrology into why that's the case. But in short, horoscopes, which began as written predictions about your sun sign, 
became really popular um, back in the 60s, I believe. And, and at this time, they became so popular that they became very commercialized. And slowly after them becoming very popular, then people started to reject them because most of them were highly commercialized and highly um, neglectful of a whole astrology chart. So to answer your question, you know, what is astrology? This is, again, a great question because when we think about how most people think of astrology today, it's this association with a horoscope that is very broad and inaccurate. <laughs> and that's not what astrology is. Um, so astronomy, in simplistic terms, is a map of the sky. It, it measures where the planets are in relation to each other, and it measures their trajectories, their orbits. Astrology is the interpretation of those orbits, the interpretation of the movement of the planets. So when we think about how most people understand astrology, they think of their sun sign constellation. So like I said earlier, I'm a Capricorn. So that means that when I was born, the sun, it was placed in the constellation, the star constellation of Capricorn. So if I had been born three weeks later, the sun would be in the constellation of Aquarius. Now, what most people don't understand about astrology is that astrology looks at the whole map of the sky, and that's what a natal chart is. So a natal chart is the entire map of a sky on the night that you were born, and not even the night or the day that you were born, but the exact minute, the exact second of when you were born. Uh, which is why, you know, the memes of what's your birth time, you know, being on a first day and asking someone what their birth time is, is has become very funny and very popular. Um, because in order to get an accurate astrology reading, you do need an accurate birth time. So what most people don't understand then when we're talking about natal charts and we're talking about astrology is that your sun sign is only one part of a much bigger picture about what astrology says about who you are as a person. So for instance, I'll use my chart as an example. So like I said, I'm a Capricorn sun. So if I was going off of what most people think about in astrology, I would say, oh yeah, I'm a Capricorn. And then I would go online and say traits about Capricorns or you know, what, what is there to learn about Capricorns, Capricorn horoscope. And that would give me a horoscope about what the current transits. So we can get into transits in a minute, but what the current map of the sky looks like, in other words, um, that would give me a horoscope for what the current map of the sky looks like as it relates to a Capricorn sun. So anybody who's born when the, when the sun was in Capricorn. But now, because I'm you know an astrologer, when I look at my horoscope, I look at all of the different things that were going on in my chart with relation to the current chart. So again, going back to my chart, when I'm looking at my natal chart, when I'm looking at anyone's natal chart, I look at the sun, but then I also look at the moon and where Mercury was and where Mars was and where Venus was <laughs> and where Jupiter and Saturn and Neptune and Uranus and Pluto were. And then I also look at, every astrologer does, looks at the aspects between those planets. So your natal chart is very complex. And that's also why astrology tends to be very misunderstood is because there are so many little details to look at 
in a natal chart that says a lot about you. And so a sun sign is just looking at your core personality or kind of like the, the basis of who you are. But when you look at things like your moon sign, that looks at who you are as, as it relates to what you need and what your emotions are and how you show up once you've get, gotten to know somebody when you're close with someone. And for instance, if you look at Mercury, you're looking at how you communicate with people, how you speak, how you write. And if you're looking at uh, Venus, then you're looking at how you love, the things you value, how you value beauty, how you address yourself as, uh, as, as beautiful. Um, and if you look at Mars, it looks at aggression and, and how you react to people when you're angry and, and how you act when you're very passionate. And so, you know, and each planet has its own meaning, respectively. And so when you look at a, a natal chart, you look at how those planets relate to each other. So for instance, um, I am a Capricorn sun, but I have a Libra moon and I have a stelium in Aquarius. So which means that I basically have a bunch of planets that were in the sign of Aquarius. So even though I'm a Capricorn sun, I actually have more air energy, Libra and Aquarius in my chart. So if I were to just look at my sun horoscope, it would not be very accurate because I'm much more Aquarius than I am Capricorn. So that's one of the things that I like to talk about first when people are, are getting into astrology for the first time, is that if you really want to understand your horoscope, start with understanding your natal chart and start to, to research each of those planets. So let's say if you, know, if you have a moon in Aries, that means that you have a fire moon. That means that you have a, a, a moon that is very dominant, a cardinal moon. And so let's say if you had a water sign sun, so let's say if you were a Pisces sun, but you had an Aries moon, you may read a Pisces horoscope and feel like you don't relate to it because you know Pisces horoscope may say, oh, today you need to trust your intuition, or it may say that, you know, as a Pisces, you're very intuitive and you have vivid dreams and you're, you know, you cry and you feel connected to everyone. But that same person who might have an Aries moon might read that and be like, oh, astrology isn't real. Astrology is bullshit because that's not true. But what's really going on is they have an Aries moon that might be more dominant. And so if they read an Aries horoscope or if they read um, about Aries, they might find that they relate to that more. Okay. Yeah. That makes, <laughs> that makes a ton of sense because I know the first time I found out my sun and moon sign, I was like, well, I don't know if that sounds like me. And then I got my chart actually like red and, um, but she reminded me so much of you just so like, so knowledgeable, you know, on everything. And good. <laughs> she did it. She did the same thing you were talking about. And that's why I was looking over the notes she broke down like every planet and how like even like some would be square to others. So that meant something. And then like, like once she broke it down, it made so much sense. Cause she's like, yeah, your son is a, your, I'm a Capricorn son as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. But like the way my other things like all pinned out, I don't remember at all, but she said that it's like, I don't actually like, you know, fuel in that Capricorn. Like you said, you know, you're not really like living in that Capricorn. It's like, I'm not either. And so that made a world of difference. So I totally understand like where you're coming from. And when you say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's the perfect example um, of how to understand astrology as well. Um, I say to anyone who's really, you know, I, I offer readings, but I, 
don't have time to do readings for everyone. So I say to, to anyone who's asking to learn more about astrology is like, get, get your chart read because it, it's, you know, astrologers become astrologers because they become obsessed with this and they dive fully into it and there is so much to learn. And so if you really want to understand your chart, have someone read it who can explain it to you so that you don't have to do all that digging and all that diving to just understand what it means if Pluto is conjunct Neptune, you know? <laughs> um, but I think that's a great example of like, if you are interested in astrology, you know, to anyone listening, if you're interested in astrology, um, talk to someone or there's a bunch of online resources like Cafe Astrology is a very popular one. Everyone is wild about CoStar, but personally, I am not a fan of CoStar because it, it doesn't accurately portray a natal chart. It doesn't even show you a natal chart. So um, I, I recommend Cafe Astrology first to go and have a reading. Um, but, but learning about your chart is a great way to learn about how these planetary energies reflect who you are and affect who you are. And the affect part is um, more as it relates to your question about what a transit chart is. And so a transit chart is essentially what the current map of the sky looks like in if you put that map over your natal chart. And so it looks at the current transits that are going on and how it is aspecting, like you mentioned a square, so that's an aspect. So it, it looks at how the current planet movements are aspecting your natal chart. Um, just like, for instance, right now, it's funny that we're actually recording this today because this week's a big week in astrology. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, good time. We, today's the last day of Mercury retrograde. Um, and usually I wouldn't record during Mercury retrograde because I'm that, you know, into it. Um, but we have, it, it goes out of retrograde tomorrow. And tomorrow we also have a new moon in Leo, which brings a lot of, of opening energy, a lot of transformational energy. And so today's actually a really good day to record because we are, yeah, because we're experiencing this, this new energy already. So <laughs> good timing. <laughs> Oh, good. Yeah, I knew it was the Mercury in retrograde, and it's been really screwing with me and, like, <laughs> four of my previous podcast guests, but I, I I figured it had to be done by now. <laughs> like, how long does this go on? It started when I went on vacation, and I was, like, afraid my plane was, like, I, yeah, I've, I've been dealing with it for a while now, and I was, like, it has to be done. Like, it has to be. And <laughs> I should have known it wasn't, but so, and just, like, a quick aside question. When you say it's, like, Leo season, that means that like Le that's where Leo currently is in the sky? Or can you explain that some more, I suppose? Because yeah. that's something that always confuses me. Right. So, so every planet has an orbit, right? Mm -hmm. And so the, the orbit of Earth and the planets and the sun, um, so the constellations stay where they are. So like Leo is always where Leo is, but the planets move through the constellations. So the sun is in Leo right now. And of course the sun is a star, but we, we address it as a planet in astrology, just as we do the moon. Um, so the sun is currently in Leo and it, and it just entered Leo. So that essentially means that Leo season, and this is also a very interesting season as well, because so each sign has a ruler, which essentially means that when the planet is in that sign, it feels the most comfortable 
technically it, it just means that the planet over you know long periods of time spends the most time in that sign so it becomes its ruler um but an easy way to think of it is that every planet feels most comfortable in a sign in that sign the characteristics of like leo are going to be reflective of the ruler which is the sun so right now we have the the sun in the constellation that it rules which means that the energy of the season is extra dominant and um that's also why this season leo season tends to really be that summer feel that summer feel of like being illuminated, you know, being out and open, going in nature, spending time with people, wanting to kind of show off and, and also be seen, um, being very extroverted, being very public facing. Um, and also that feeling of illumination and feeling the sun and feeling very connected to the sun at this time of the year. And a lot of that is because the sun is in, it's, uh, it, it is in the sign that it rules in Leo. And, and so Leo as a sign um, stands for all of those things I just mentioned. It stands for being illuminated. It stands for being the center of attention and also being in the public and being seen. And so as we enter Leo season, as we're in Leo season now, this is a real season about exposure. Um, I, I like to say that, or I have said that last season, cancer season, um, was one of the roughest cancer seasons in a while. Like, like insane because we had we had like everything you were saying about Mercury retrograde. I'm like, yeah, like I have friends who like had their cars ran into. I had friends who've lost their phone, who had to move spontaneously. Um, I lost my credit card. I had yesterday my internet shut off for absolutely no reason. I was like two more days. <laughs> we're almost done. Um, but yeah, this season was, was like a real hit because we had Mercury retrograde and it was in cancer and the sun was also in cancer and cancer is a very internal sign it's a very nostalgic sign and so it dealt a lot with like kind of the inner worlds messing up um and so it was a very emotional retrograde but then we also had four other planets in retrograde which is not common so we had saturn pluto neptune and jupiter all in retrograde as well and we also <laughs> had a clip eclipse season and eclipse season is is a very transformational time eclipse season ha happens twice a year and it has to do with the the north pole and the south pole and so during eclipse season it's it's like you know the song like a total eclipse of the heart or when you think about the visual of an eclipse occurring you know the one we had back in in 2017 um i believe that was 2017 um the one that was viewable in the united states there was another one of those, but it was in South America. Um, so we just had one of those. And that energy is really about taking something and turning it on its head. And so we had that energy of like basically having your life or your internal world being totally taken and turned upside down. Um, meanwhile, while communication and everyday stuff was just not working. So and this Leo season is a huge relief. Like I am very happy to be entering um, the new moon tomorrow and to be out of Mercury retrograde as I'm sure everybody else is as well. <laughs> well, I feel such relief because I thought something was wrong with me. I was like, what? 
<laughs> that past, you know, it must how would it would it have been like a month? Like yeah, it's been it's yeah. been yeah, it's been a month. I was I I was I was like this is the longest month of my life. I swear <laughs> something happened every day, like either external or but like a lot of it was internal. Just shit kept coming up, and I did not know how to deal with it. I I was losing I was losing my mind. And <laughs> Girl, it's that was everyone. That's what I was I was like massive posting because even though you know in retrogrades I get the effect too. And one day I remember I was just like I should not post anything because my brain's not working. But I was like people need to know that it's not just them. Like especially because cancer is a very like we address cancer as like there's a shell on the outside and on the inside they're the mushy gushy like wanting to you know feel everything and so last season last june like all of june was uh or really july june to july was just this feeling of like what's wrong with me you know thinking about the past thinking about people in your past and and thinking about how these things have happened and they're not going to allow you to move forward because these things are so you know insurmountable but that was all cancer season, all retrograde. So it definitely wasn't just you. That was, <laughs> we were all feeling it. We were in the fields last, last month. Wow. Well, <laughs> big relief there. <laughs> yeah. And so, so you mentioned that it is tonight, the new moon or tomorrow? Tomorrow. Yeah. So, okay. so that, that will be, um, a day before August. So I don't, I don't know when this will go out, but that'll be on August 31st or okay. right, July 31st. So it'll be an exact week before this one goes out, I think. So cool. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out and put it in the intro. <laughs> but, um, so like, what would you suggest one do on the new moon? Cause I know like there's one moon you're supposed to like set intentions for something. I'm so uneducated on this, but like, what would you say like to educate me on the new moon and what I should be doing? Yeah. Yeah. And actually just knowing that there's one moon where you're supposed to like set intentions or not, that's that you're already far past the point of being uneducated. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, so we have a full moon and a new moon. The moon goes through cycles every month. Um, on the full moon, we are meant to release. And on the new moon, we are meant to, to start new. So to bring things in, to bring new energy in. So when we experience a full moon, um, which we, we just had a, a full moon, and when we experience that, that's all about allowing yourself to release any held up energy. So this is when people will do rituals like writing something down that they want to release, writing a relationship down that they're ready to let go of, or a thought about themselves or whatever it may be, and then like burning it or burying it in the ground. So that's the exact ritual that you will use is highly dependent on the, the type of the new moon. Um, but when we have a new moon, contrary to that we bring new things in so this is when you would let's say write down intentions like you said and write down something that you want to bring in something that you're ready to start something that you've been wanting to do for a while and you're ready to make that happen and then rather than burning it or burying it um which you know everybody has different methods for this it's really whatever you find best but that's when you would like hang it up or you would do a meditation around the things that you wrote um, so everyone has a, has a different method for it. For, for me personally, every new moon, I do a meditation and I say the thing, I write down everything that I'm trying to bring in and then I say it out loud and I will do, um, mantra meditations until I feel it in my body somewhere. And that kind of goes back to what I was talking about with the, with the yoga and stuff. But, um, that has been a ritual that I have found to work for me. Um, some people will also just, you know, spend time with people they really want to see more of. So I always say if there's like 
a new relationship that's blooming or new friendship or, you know, a career move that you're trying to make happen. Or if you're trying to be more like a certain, um, you know, person like as you are or you know be more of like a community spend time around those people spend time in those places or like if you're trying to for instance start a new project do it on the new moon like start it on the new moon because then you're you're going to take in that energy like on that day and it'll become the the beginning of a chapter for that moon phase that moon cycle um, tomorrow specifically uh, for this new moon in Leo and actually when this is released if it's released a week after people will still be feeling this energy so you can actually still do this even after a week of the new moon and actually when it's released it likely will be um, falling at a really good time to do this as well not to get into the technicality of it but yeah <laughs> so good stuff so um, a good ritual for this new moon in Leo. So as I mentioned, Leo is a sign of, of public image. Leo is a sign of confidence. Leo is a sign of connection, of being seen. So one of the things I'm recommending that people do as a ritual for this new moon is to write down something that you've been scared to do as it relates to feeling embarrassed or being having a fear about being seen. So for instance, if you've wanted to get on stage and give a speech, write that down. If you've wanted to sing in public, write that down. If you've wanted to tell somebody something, but you've been afraid of being rejected or them saying something to ridicule you, write that down. So this is a great time to really go after the things that you've been scared to do because of people seeing you. Um, it could also mean that if you've been wanting to, you know, talk about something online that you have, haven't talked about because you've been afraid of rejection or judgment, now's a great time to do that. That makes a lot of sense. And it's so weird <laughs> because I have always, you know, I, I want to start to meditate and I want to learn more about the stuff and I want to set intentions because those are all things that I really feel will help me. But I, I just cannot stick to it for the life of me. But for some reason, this morning, I kid you not, I found an old journal and I literally wrote down intentions. And when I got done, I like closed the journal really fast. I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I don't have time for this. I need to get to work. <laughs> and I was like, but then I started thinking on it more. And I was like, okay, well, maybe want her to set like an intention each morning that I kind of work towards. And so when you were saying that, I'm like, wow, <laughs> I, guess I, I guess I started okay. And maybe I'll keep at that. <laughs> and yes. maybe this will be the season I stick with it. So... <laughs> Exactly. That's, and, and that, that is a great example of like, also, if you don't know what to do at a new moon, do whatever you feel like doing naturally. Like whatever you just, if you're drawn to your journal, go to it, you know? <laughs> so I, I love that. <laughs> is there anything else with astrology that you think like we should cover? Because I know obviously it is a rabbit hole to yeah. go into. <laughs> so I didn't want to like overwhelm anybody, but I didn't know if there's anything you know, that you oftentimes tell beginners or anyone to just make it easier, something they should know, or maybe even a misconception, you know, that they might stumble across. Yeah, I think, I think with astrology, you know, you're right, it is a rabbit hole. And I think actually, maybe not a misconception, but something that can turn people away is that it is a rabbit hole. <laughs> I think a lot of people can be overwhelmed by astrology. And as soon as they feel confused or like they don't understand what's being said, then they can't, or if they read again, a horoscope that's just not accurate, they can run away from it and never want to touch it again. Um, so I, I think if I would 
leave any final note on astrology. It's that astrology has given me and, you know, the people that I do readings for, my community, so many answers to my life and so much relief when it comes to having experiences that I just don't have an answer for. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I experienced astrology for the first time, as in I I read about it and I was like, oh, that's really happening to me right now. Um, at a time when things were just not going right and I was in a dark place and astrology has helped me to take some of that energy that I might put into myself. Like I'm a bad person or, you know, feeling shame or feeling guilt about emotions that I'm having or about my life being in a chaotic time. Astrology has helped me to realize that, oh, everyone's feeling this right now. Or even if it's not my emotion, everyone's kind of going through something similar. And so astrology has just been a really great tool for kind of getting outside of my head sometimes and realizing that life is all about transits and life is all about evolution. And, and when you can understand that the world is constantly transforming and the energy is constantly shifting, it makes this you know complicated life that we all live as humans a lot easier to get through. And, and so I would say to anyone who is curious about astrology or, or anyone who's going through a rough time, you know, come back to it as much as you can. You're not going to learn everything in one day and it's not going to make sense to you in one day. And if you can come back to it when you feel lost and if you can find an answer, then it's working for you. So if you feel like you want to turn away from it, just realize that it's always there and there might be a different interpretation that you haven't heard yet that's going to give you some answers. I absolutely love that. And I, I think it's so true because the, like the, one of the biggest things I've learned this past year is just if I'm meant to learn about something, if I'm meant to really dive into it, like I will feel that calling. You can't force it. Like There's been things that I, I want to be immersed in and I try and it just it doesn't go through, you know? And I think feeling that pull, that tug, and just trusting like you'll find the right stuff when the timing's right is like just it's important to remember. Exactly. And that's that's the biggest lesson I can say that I've learned too is like sometimes the timing's not right and that doesn't mean anything's wrong with you and that doesn't mean that you're not capable of doing the same thing that someone else is doing. It just means that the timing's not right. Kind of said it better. (laughs) Well, where can people find you? And your multiple Instagrams, because I, <laughs> I love them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Um, so my main Instagram, or you know, the Instagram that I am on, is Julia Kelly, J-U-L-I-A-K-E-L-L-E-Y-X-O at the end. So I'm sure you can link that up. Yep. Um, and in my bio, you can find my other Instagrams, which the main one, uh, the astrology one, is your mom's horoscope. And that's the fun one where you'll find all the memes, all the astrology information. Um, And then I also have a podcast called The Woke Wave, and that's on Instagram at The Woke Wave. And I would just recommend to go to my personal Instagram and check out my website, julia-kelly.com. I have a lot of really fun stuff coming up um, that I can't totally announce yet because it's still in the works, but but um, basically there's going to be a lot more of, of those accounts coming coming to life soon. So very excited. Well, I'm excited. We had so much more to talk about, but I am I'm 
I'm feeling this is a good good wrap up. So we will definitely have you back on if you're up for it. Of and course, then anytime. Maybe by then your other stuff will be out. We can discuss it and just go full circle. <laughs> yes, I would love that. And thank you, Emily, for having me on. This has been great and I can't wait to hear it and share it. Did that blow you guys away? Because it certainly did for me. We quit recording this at about 9.30 at night, I think, and I was wide freaking awake for the whole rest of the night. My mind was just spinning. I wanted to suddenly delve deep into my own astrology chart. And, you know, I wound up staying up way too late that night, but it was worth it for astrology means. And, you know, I, I do think there's a lot more to take from this episode than just the astrology. I know that was practically only the second half. The first half was a very, you know, personal look into Julia's life, her journey, and I think that that's almost where people can relate more. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right. <laughs> Either way, I, you know, I just, I hope you found some point that related to you, taught you something, inspired you, empowered you. That's why I do this, and that's why these guests come on. They truly love it, they love hearing you guys' responses, seeing your messages, and I think that almost makes me more happy, you know, to see the guest so moved by you guys. Oh, warms my heart. I know I say that every time, but it's the dang truth. So if you want to connect with Julia, she is on Instagram at JuliaKellyXO. I'm going to spell that out for you. J-U-L-I-A-K-E-L-L-E-Y-X-O. And her alternative ego, the astrology meme account, is Your Mom's Horoscope. So Y-O-U-R-M-O-M-S-H-O-R-O-S-C-O-P-E. Hopefully I spelled that right. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at thrive underscore on life. Pretty easy to spell. Tag us on your stories, guys, if you want to, or just send us a message. We, we love to hear back. And if you're feeling especially grateful, I guess, for all my hard work. You can go on iTunes, leave a rate, review, subscribe even. It means so much. I'm going to start sharing some more of the reviews because you guys have been writing such beautiful little love notes and I love them. Or you can criticize me. I'm open to it, guys, as I said in the intro. So either way, I appreciate you. Much love. Bye.